Hello and welcome. What do you know? It's another day and another podcast. It's the Trucking Answers Podcast. I'm Mark, your podcast host, and I'm here with Gracie, my orange co-host, who's sleeping on my blanket at the moment, but looking over here, possibly ready to open her eyes at any moment and interject something clever. We do this podcast every Tuesday and Friday. I hope you'll subscribe to whatever podcasting platform you're listening right now so that you can just get the next episode. That's pretty awesome. All right. Today, we want to talk about the fact that we're still only in 39 countries. That's sad. (laughs) That's actually pretty awesome. So I want to bring a city up, Salt Lake City. So I looked at that 79, uh, 79 downloads in Salt Lake City, Utah. All right. Do you know that is one download for each of the members of the England family? (laughs) That's right. Each probably said, we'll each listen to one episode and then we'll decide what to uh, do about this guy. If we should uh, get after him or whatever. Possibly after one episode, they fell asleep. No coffee, you know, so don't know about that. Oh, Mark, that's terrible. Okay, somebody's going to write to me about that. Mark at truckinganswersnation.com. Be sure to write all your messages there about my comments. This episode is sponsored by the United Federation of Commercial Drivers, making trucking better. Today, I want to talk about, first. well, first, we're going to have some trucking news. We're going to have some automotive news, and we're also going to have a reason why we are not yet on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? It's a red planet. It's right next door, basically, in you know cosmic uh, sizes, even in metric sizes. But we don't live there because it's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot people that live here on this planet and prevent us from going and being all we could be. It's like the crabs in the bucket. When you have one crab in a bucket, it just... Uh, you know, it tries to get out, but when you put another one in there, the one that's already in there holds the other one back. Just like this, we have to spend our resources on idiots instead of sending us to another planet to live a peaceful life of existence. I saw an article to uh, recently about there was a truck school in Florida, and they're talking about Latinas and trucking, and this stuff kind of this stuff bothers me all the time when we separate each other based on how we look, based on our race, based on our size, based on our sex, based on all kinds of things. And, uh, you know, we try to be, oh, we're all equal. If we're all equal, then we're all equal. Okay, so I already don't like the article, Latinas. It doesn't matter. How about this is a person getting ready to drive a truck? How about that? How about we all come here and be one? How about that? There's an idea. We're all treated the same. Imagine that. Somebody said that years ago. If we just would stop looking at people's race and gender and everything and just treated everybody based on their character. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so let's do that. So that was the first part of the article that was a problem. But here's the thing. They interview a number of the of these uh, people in the truck school that are going to drive a truck. Okay, that's awesome. This woman says, uh, you know, she had to overcome her parents' objections to becoming a truck driver. And then it says her name and that she's 34. All right, listen to me. At 34 you need to be able to overcome your parents' objections. They don't get to object anything. You're 34. You can go ask them questions, and they say, well, you shouldn't do it, and you go, I'm doing it anyhow. All right, so she had to work past that. And the other problem at the truck school is this, what they told her, is that she'll make two to $3,000 a week, and if she's willing to go out of state, she'll make $4,000 a week. That's in the article. Now, I don't know how many of you company drivers out there making $4,000 a week. If you're making four a week... 
you know, for large, that's how we call it down by where I live, on the west side, then please send me your checks and I'll come and work there. <laughs> Company driver making four large a week. This is simply not true. Now, certainly, probably she'll make more than she was making because that's just how trucking is. It's a pretty high-paying profession relative to other things, especially when people go into truck driving. They also show her pushing her mirror out, and there's a, and that truck that she's in has power mirrors, and the one at the truck school has a number of engine lights on it in the article, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, maybe she just turned the key on and they took the picture. I don't know. I thought that was something <laughs> that truck schools should at least have a decent truck to drive. But uh, the other problem, you know, this $4,000 a week, and she's like, I didn't even know people could make that much money. Well, I don't know. I don't know where you live. I don't know where you've been, but people in the United States, some do make $4,000 a week. Some make $4,000 an hour or a minute. <laughs> All right. So because uh, you don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. You know, somebody's got to buy those Rolls Royces that I see driving around on the streets of uh, Lafayette, which there is one in town here that I've seen. Somebody makes that kind of money. I don't think drivers, a lot of company drivers make it 4000 a week. You know, what they're probably telling her is some kind of owner-operator gross. <laughs> That's gross. Anyways, that they're making four, it's really way more than that gross, but Company drivers, not pulling down four large. And that's just the problem with these truck schools. They're out there to just get the government grants, get the money, and what it said, which they wouldn't name. I love this. Oh, we work with one of the most respected uh, companies in our state to place people. But it didn't say what that was. So, and I don't know what they mean. Florida, this was in Florida. What is the most respected company in Florida that gets placed from truck schools? I really don't know. I was thinking about that. I'm like, I wonder who that is. They don't say. If it's that respected, you'd think they'd put the name out there because I want that respect, you know, coming on me. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, right? That's what I'm saying. Find out what it means to me. I don't like the places doing this. I think it's wrong. I absolutely think it's wrong. Separating people based on who they are is wrong. And telling people they're going to make $4,000 a week when they're in truck school, oh, yeah, then everybody's eyeballs turn into dollar signs. And then what's going to happen? What's going to happen to the people in that truck school when they go get a job? What are they going to make? 700 1000 to start and you know in training and get some hopefully get somebody who's not leering at them the whole time uh, to be their trainer. So she makes say she makes start to make it 1000, which would be pretty good right out of the right out of the ballpark there. That's not 4000. When you put something out there that's really high and then people can't attain it, they're going to be pretty upset about it. I always encourage companies to lowball what they're paying. If people say they lowball you 12 and you start making 14, 15, you're going to be a lot happier about that. You're like, wow, this is more than they said. If they said 18 and you make the same 14 or 15, you're going to be upset about it, even though you're making the same money. Everything's a perception. Don't just bring, hey, you're going to make $4,000 a week. And then what do they see? They see Gooberhead coming in as his cowboy boots and, you know, some beat up pickup truck. You go in some of these yards which I, I guess I've been guilty of this. I had a, the lowest price car I ever had was $200, which I paid for the whole car. Now that's less than a tire on a car. And this was not that long ago. Okay, so, and I would drive that thing to work and leave it sit there. But you look around the yard and you're like, wow, nobody here makes any money. But he's got a, a junk box car. Now you go in the lot and everybody's got some gigantic pickup truck. People are pulling in $80,000 pickup trucks all the time that uh, sit in the yard. I just didn't like it. I didn't like the fact of separating people. 
I don't like the fact of lying to people at 4000 telling someone she's going to make $4,000 a week. That's just, just not really going to happen as a company driver. If there is some company driver doing that, I'd love to know about it because I'll probably send people over there. But I don't really think that it's happening. So that's the story for today. That's kind of disappointing to me. Here's something I found interesting. There's an ATRI study where they talk to company drivers and owner operators about what's important to them and job satisfaction. For company drivers, they said the number one thing is job security. Is that is that what you're finding? Do you think is that your number one priority is job security as a company driver? Number two was income. Okay, so is that the number one thing of a company driver? I'll tell you this. Job security, I think as a company driver, if you have even a year of experience or more and a safe driving record and you don't have like a million felonies and, uh, you know, you haven't run a bunch of people over or have 43 jobs there, you don't need job security because there's another job for you. And really, let's be honest, as an employee or owner operator, there isn't any job security. Anyone, as they tell us many times in our driver manual, we can fire you at any time for any reason or no reason, the same as you can quit. There's no job security unless you make a job for yourself. So when you work for somebody else, you're at their beck and call and they can fire you for whatever reason or no reason. Or you can just look at Falcon. <laughs> Those people probably thought they had a great job too. And, uh, you know, it might have been for a while, but, uh, you know, so there's no job security income. Okay, I get that. For owner operators, the number one thing is flexibility in their work. And then the number two is the ability to set their own hours, which kind of goes along with the flexibility thing. But uh, that would be more true if you're at a real owner operator company, not where you're at a company where they dispatch you or give you three loads to choose from. But if you're really an owner operator where you can pick and choose loads, like say you get the access to their entire load board and you can say, I'll take this load or won't take it or whatever. And it doesn't matter if you're leased on or have your own authority. If you can choose all the loads, then you do have a lot of flexibility and that kind of thing. Well, as a company driver, your only flexibility really is to either get on a dedicated account or change jobs. You kind of sort of can design your own trucking that way. But owner operators would get more flexibility. Ironically, owner operators and company drivers reported income within $5,000 of each other a year. Yep. $5,000 a year overall. Overall. So income close. Income. Now, I will say this. If you get health insurance and that the income isn't as close as it seems, it's income only in your pocket, not the actual, all the benefits. But regardless of that, the income very close, but job satisfaction. And that's what I've always suggested. Get a job you like. It is way better to enjoy what you're doing because it takes up so much of your time. And owner operators seem to do that. And company drivers that become owner operators, they said, are pretty happy with it. And owner operators that went back to be company drivers, only 28% of them are happy with that decision. So if you decide to take that leap, apparently stick there, you know, stick there for whatever flexibility you think you might be getting or whatever. You're not apparently, at least according to this study, you're not going to get increase your pay that much overall. And I don't know who they asked. I don't know if they just went to prime and asked all those owner operators, which I'm in air quotes, which Gracie can see, but, uh, or if they actually asked real owner operators. So it's hard to tell on that. Either way, I thought that was pretty interesting. Hey, get this. Wilson Logistics. You ever heard of them? 
Sure you have. It says based in Springfield, Missouri. I love that. Anyhow, they got bought. By who? Of all things, they got bought by Ashley Distribution Services. You heard of them? They're the logistics arm of Ashley Furniture. That's a true story. Wilson Logistics, a 40-year-old company, gets bought up by ADS. Wow. What is going on with that? Will they then not have uh, driver-facing cameras? It's one of the big things in the Ashley ads. No driver-facing cameras. It's in their ads. And I recommend uh, <laughs> that companies do that that are not going to watch you because that's a big deal. So I, I love that they put that in their ads. Pretty good. And Montana says, hey, look out. You know, this winter, probably going to snow here. And uh, we're just not going to be able to do anything about that. <laughs> they said they don't have enough people to run the snow plows. And so it's going to be snowy and you're going to be sitting because they're just not going to be able to clear the roads. That's pretty, uh, pretty good. Maybe they could pay a little more to get people to do it. What I always say is if you paid $100 an hour, would people go do it? Yes. So somewhere between what you're paying and $100 an hour is what would encourage people to come to work. So since pay continues to go up everywhere, that pay also needs to increase. So Pete Buttigieg comes out the other day and says, hey, idiots, if you just bought an electric car, you wouldn't have to worry about the price of gas. That Papa Joe's running up all the time. OK, great. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> so the government is touting this $12,500 tax credit, maximum tax credit for buying a union made American made EV with the batteries made in the United States as well. OK, which cars qualify? How, what would be your choices? There is one car that qualifies, the Chevrolet Bolt. I think it's somewhat ironic that when they were talking to executives, they only had the chairman of General Motors. I can't think of her name at the moment there, but only her, even though many other car manufacturers make electric vehicles. Isn't that something? Like the best-selling EV in the country by far, Tesla, didn't talk to him, uh, non-union plant. The Bolt is currently not being produced because of battery fires. They stopped production and they're not going to start it for another month because they're trying to figure out how to stop these cars from catching on fire. They just can start randomly on fire. They're having a lot of problems. They're going to be replacing the batteries in every one of these cars. So even though that's a car that could get the credit, you currently can't get one because they're not being produced. So the only one car that qualifies for it not being produced, Musk came out. He's my hope uh, for this and said, look, whatever about this union thing, my people at my factory here at Tesla make more than the people at the union plant. What do you think about that? And so they did a big study on it. And it turns out it's true. <laughs> Unions, they're just so weak anymore. They're just really, really weak about this. But the people at the Tesla factory make more than the union workers at General Motors plant that produce the Bolt EV. Isn't that something? They also have better benefits. That I thought was pretty interesting. These targeted credits like this are ridiculous. There shouldn't be tax credits to buy a car. I didn't like cars for clunkers or any of that other stuff. You want a car, go buy it. If you can't afford it, that's not the car for you. Or if you don't think it's worth it, Bolt, you're looking in mid-30s to mid-40s, depending what you get on it. So the tax credit, you know, mid-30s, we can be in the low 20s with this car. But that's the government financing a car. Why should the government finance that car? They shouldn't. And by the way, 
If you are a current Bolt owner, think about this. And now the government slaps 12.5 off of new ones. How much do you think your Bolt's worth? Well, now if I can go down and buy a new one for, say, 23, your one-year-old used Bolt you thought you'd get 27 for, not happening. And then now it's worth 20 or 19, 18. That's the problem. It reduces the value of used cars as well artificially because the government shouldn't be dabbling in this stuff. Pete dabbles in enough stuff. Let's uh, get him out of this stuff. We have yet another recall in the news. 16 to 20 passports, ridgelines, and pilots. Do anybody buy, Does anybody buy a ridgeline? Do you know what that is? That's their pickup truck. Pickup in quotes again, right, Gracers? All right, so she's not that concerned about it. So <laughs> passport... Right, pickup truck. Anyways, all three of these recalled. 725,000 total vehicles recalled. Why? Now the hoods can just fly open while you're driving. Honda says the latch is bad, and of course they blame it on a third-party supplier. This is the problem. When you get stuff from other places, you can't test every one of them. You only can grab some of them. You know, when you do stuff in-house, you get a better-made product. That's why Rolls-Royces are handmade in the factory, and other cars uh, have everything brought in on trucks. So, that's what you do with that. But so they're recalling all these cars because your hoods could just fly open. Oh, sorry. Hood flew up. I don't know what to say. Can't see good. So in Michigan, I don't know if everybody saw this. Probably not. You can get a plate from 1965. So they've brought back a plate called Water Winter Wonderland. It's a blue plate with yellow letters. Remember when Michigan used to have those? Probably not. Many of you don't remember that. You can get this winter wonderland, water winter wonderland plate, basically, for just $5 extra as a choice in Michigan. It's way better than the regular looking plate, which actually the thing said is voted one of the worst plates in the United States, ironically. So this plate looks pretty good, and it would look great on your classic car uh, from the olden days because the plate is also from 1965 that they're just reissuing for a simple $5. You can only get six numbers or letters on it. So if you have this personalization with uh, seven, like, you know, W-S-T-R-N-X-P, Western Express, because it's your favorite place, you won't be able to put it on there. You'll have to cut one of the letters out of it. But still, for five bucks, this is definitely the plate to get in Michigan. Let's talk about space, the final frontier. Mars is part of that space. And we can't go there because there are people here wasting our resources, and many of them are a waste of space. Let's go to South Dakota. As we go to South Dakota, we see a fire in the distance. Yes, a building is on fire, a multifamily building, and firefighters are on the scene getting everybody out of the building as they do so they can put the fire out, make sure everybody is safe. And uh, they pull this one guy out and he's crying about, you know, hey, go save them. Go save them. And they're like, who's them? What are you talking about? We looked around. We don't see anybody. Where are they? And so he just pushes past him. He goes, I'll go in there and save them. Right. And he goes and they're like, no. So he punches a couple of cops and a fireman and gets in the building and saves two Bud Ice Premiums. America's first ice brewed beer. That's right. He comes out with those two, his best buds, apparently, as the article said, which I thought was pretty good. And comes back out of the building and is promptly arrested for assault on a public official. Brilliant. Just brilliant. Here's the moral of the story. If you have Bud Ice premiums in a fire, 
you can just purchase more Bud Ice premiums, okay? And it would seem like a Bud Ice, if anything, should put the fire out, if, uh, if anything at all. But the reason that we're talking about this is this guy is now wasting our resources, sitting around saving his two beers. How much is a Bud Ice premium? $2? I mean, I don't have any idea. So uh, it can't be that much money. And to go back into a burning building, all right, and now he has to go to jail. He's going to have to be processed. He's going to have to get, you know, clogs to walk around in or whatever they give him and all this kind of stuff. Come on. He's wasting all of our resources. And that's another reason why I'm not living on Mars and probably I'm not going to be able to get there anytime in the near future. Because of dumb idiots that will go rescue a beer out of a fire. Two, it's not like he brought, oh, I have 50,000 cases. Two beers. Two Bud Ice premiums. One for him and one for a friend. I don't know. I don't think you can even take them. The ironic thing is, although they didn't say this, they're not going to let you take those to jail. Okay, All you get to do are buy honey buns from the commissary. So he's not even going to get to keep the beer. And this is another reason why we are not yet on Mars. Okay. So I want to thank our sponsor, the United Federation of Commercial Drivers, where they're making trucking better today. If you have any uh, missives or anything you would like to talk to me about, mark at truckinganswersnation.com. All right, so we're going to head out of here. Be safe, and we'll be back soon with another podcast.